The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. Good morning. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 in your Bibles this morning. How long is it good for? How long before that expires? You're familiar with certain foods on the packaging label. There is some sort of mark that identifies that it's best used by, and then a date is given. Or maybe it expires on a certain date. Maybe it says sell by or use before. Just about every product that we consume whether it's a meat product, dairy products, canned good, requires the manufacturers to inform the consumer about this information as to the longevity of that product. How long can it be kept? How long before it breaks down, deteriorates, becomes unsafe to consume? How long before it spoils, sours, becomes stale, loses its freshness, or the flavor dissipates. Question for our consideration this morning. During this period of your college years, what could God pour forth from your life that might impact eternity? The time you have, the talents you possess now, your abilities, your skills, if God were looking at the container of your life and what is within, What does he see? And how might God be able to use the contents in these years, your college years, in a sense, before the expiration date, that year that you leave here? What would you allow God to do? Where would you allow God to do that? What directions would you allow God to take that you might impact others for his kingdom? Some of you might say, I'm not interested in allowing God to use me at all. I'm not going to allow God to unscrew the cap of my life and pour out anything from my life. He doesn't have permission to break that seal, to open that cap, and to, to use my life. I'm not for sale. Some of you, you may limit God as to where you might be poured out where you might be used. God's got a unique opportunity that fits you. But you want control of your life or how it will be used. You want some input into how the recipe will be, will be made. Is God able to use the contents during this period of your life? This morning we looked at some pictures and video from this past summer. Individuals who gave a part of their summer, in some cases gave much, their time, expense, maybe the loss of revenue they could have had working a job, but they gave of their talents, and really in a small period of time, in reality a small expense, they allowed God to take the container of their life 
allowed God to just, just pour out just a little. Just tip it just a little bit that could be used for his honor and for his glory. Leah mentioned some of us went to Ivory Coast. You know, we really didn't do anything out of our comfort zone. We taught some kids how to dribble and shoot a basketball. We taught some Bible lessons. Some of you, you taught English as a second language. Some of you used your medical skills on a, a medical missions trip. Others of you involved in construction and cleanup. Some of you worked at camps. Some of you involved in a church ministry. Each allowed God to pour out of them just a little for his work into lives of others. When we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8 this morning, your first response would be, why are you going to speak on tithing, on giving? For that's what this chapter is about. In fact, maybe even the title above that chapter says something along the lines to give as we have been given. But this morning, instead of thinking it simply in terms of monetary and simply, in, just simply in terms of, of an offering that's put into a plate or into an offering box, let's think about it a little bit deeper than that. Let's think about in the offering of ourselves, our time, our talent. Paul's going to tell us about some churches. He wasn't sure how much they could give. Wasn't sure, you know, how much they could really give to his ministry. Let's see if we can learn what Paul writes for us here. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Let's start at verse 1. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hope, but first gave of their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Drop down to verse 12. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. Consider a couple things with me. First of all, giving is a great example of God's grace. Paul is referencing for the church at Corinth some churches in Macedonia. You'd be familiar with these churches because Paul writes some letters to them. Philippi, Thessalonica. He's probably also referencing the church of Berea and maybe some others. Verse 1, of course, starts out with an interesting phrase, we do you to wit of the grace of God. We don't say it that way today. We might say it this way, we make known to you the grace of God. Paul has given the church at Corinth a description of the grace of God, those divine acts of unmerited favor. But he's not simply... Speaking in terms of what we might refer to as salvation grace, for by grace we're saved through faith. It's not of ourselves, it's a gift of God. No, he's going beyond that, the divine blessing, the riches of their liberality, this rich generosity of these people, as they grew in the Lord, it was the grace of God was being manifested in their lives far beyond 
the saving grace, as he says in Philippians chapter 2, for it's God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. The growth that you have, what's coming from your life, it's coming from God and from the grace that he has blessed you. You opened your heart to God's grace when you trusted him. And as you continue to open your heart daily to God, he pours out his grace. He changes you. He makes you more like his son, Jesus Christ. And God has poured out his grace in a special way to these churches here in Macedonia. He's moved in their lives. He's enabled them to give. And these Macedonian churches become a great example of God's grace. Notice a couple thoughts here. We see the circumstances of their giving. Verse 2 talks about a great trial of affliction. Now life in Macedonia at this time was far different than that of Corinth, the, the group he's writing to. Some would say life in Corinth was peaceful, was pleasurable, there was prosperity. Life in Corinth at this time was good. Now now, you know that there were some problems in the church at Corinth. We're not speaking about that. But life in general, life was good for those in Corinth. But according to history, that's not true up in Macedonia. History tells us that at this time, they may have been experiencing famine, fallout from war, economic hardship. No doubt other pressures as well. Persecution of believers, of course, throughout Asia and throughout this area. Secondly, we see the condition of their giving in verse 2. The abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded. Sounds like two contradictory conditions. Joy and poverty. But this wasn't any kind of joy. It says the abundance of joy. A height of joy. Yet at the same time, there was a deep poverty, an extreme depth, a low. The conditions weren't con consistent. They weren't ideal at this time, yet these people still gave. And Paul wanted to note that the grace of God was still coming forth from their lives, even in extremely difficult times, highs and lows. We see the charitableness of their giving in verse 2, unto the riches of their liberality. By God's grace, their joy and their poverty yielded a wealth. They may have been poor as far as material things were concerned, yet they were rich because they were focused on the spiritual things. They were focused on God's work in their lives, and they were focused on the work that, that Paul was being able to do, and they wanted to be a part of it. The Macedonians may have been poor in compared to the Corinthian standards, but they were wealthy in what truly lasted. As you consider your own life, you may look at your life right now during these college years and maybe you don't have all the material things that others might have. Maybe you don't have the physical wealth. But Christian, what do you possess spiritually in the way of wealth? What do you have that this world does not have by way of your life, your testimony, your time? Not only do we see a great example of God's grace, but secondly, we see a great evidence of God's grace. Again, verse 3, for to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. 
these churches at Macedonia desired to give a gift to Paul. What kind of giving does, this, does God's grace produce? Well, we see a full giving. Paul uses the word power there. Simply means the ability. For to their ability I bear record, yea, and beyond their ability, they were willing of themselves. They gave what they could, maybe even a, a little bit beyond what they maybe should have. Paul had arrived, probably saw what little they had if he was comparing it to Corinth. I have on several occasions driven down a winding road in northwestern Romania, coming to a little village, town, Medesh. Just before you enter that town, there's a little dirt road that turns to the left, and I've turned down that road many times. That's where the gypsies of Medesh live. They don't live in the normal town with the normal Romanian folks. They're the outcasts. They live on the edge of town. You turn down that little dirt road, and you head down oh, a quarter mile, maybe a third of a mile, and you turn right, and you enter a little driveway into a church where a missionary is established to work. And I have on so many occasions shown up at that place and those people who don't really have a lot all of a start bringing out food, wanting to feed the Americans that have come to work with the missionary there. You know, honestly, I've got plenty of money in my wallet to pay for a meal. Yet those people who don't have much want to give, they want to participate, they want to be involved in that spiritual work that's going on in that place. If it involves putting together a meal, making some things for us to enjoy, they want to be a part of that. And you know what? Their contribution always exceeds because it's grace-filled giving. Their giving is full with the ability that they have. We also see in verse 3 that the Macedonians Macedonians gave it freely. They were willing of themselves. This wasn't demanded by Paul. This wasn't even expected by Paul. Instead, it was spontaneous. It was free. It was a choice they made. We see a fervency to it as well. Paul was reluctant even to receive this gift, knowing their condition. They probably should be keeping these funds for themselves so that they could physically survive. But they would have nothing of it. And Paul saw it as so sacrificial. They were insistent that Paul take this offer. So as we consider the contents of our lives, is that something during our college years that we'd allow God to pour from? Fully? Freely? However he wants because God has been faithful to you and me? Not only an evidence and an example of God's grace, but thirdly, we see the great effect of God's grace in verse 5. For this they did, not as we hope, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. They're giving of themselves to the Lord. They gave because God had given so much to them. You see, God had their desires. God had their devotion. He had their delight. He had their dedication. And God, giving to God is simply that final expression by us for all that God has given to us. We're really just showing love in return for the great love that he showed to us. Yet how much of our life do we go through 
life that's full of talent and skill and ability and time. Very able to be used by God, but we don't allow. We screw that cap on really tightly during a message like this to make sure I can protect the contents of my life during this time because I want to use it the way I want to use it. We fight God to break that seal of our lives and allow him to take us and use us for his purpose. How long do we continue with content available? Yet in a very real sense, it sits in the container deteriorating. And spoiling. Back in the 1960s, a young man and his twin brother were introduced to wrestling. A couple of years of high school, they started to really excel. Excel to the point that they got offered a college opportunity to wrestle at St. Cloud State University in Minnesota. They wrestled for their school traveled to numerous tournaments, continuing to get better. Opportunities to even travel outside the season and wrestle in different wrestling tournaments. We'd probably call it travel ball or select teams or AAU programs today. And they traveled all over the country wrestling, getting better, getting more well-known, really moving up in their weight classes as far as, as skill and talent. Yet there came a point in that time where they started to run low on funds. Couldn't continue to travel to these, these opportunities. So their coach came to him one day there in college. He says, I got an idea for you. You want to continue your wrestling career? I think you should. You're good enough. Join the army. So they did. This would give them an opportunity to wrestle Maybe even get on the all-army team, which at that time was, was fueling, funneling athletes to our Olympic teams. So they go off to boot camp. It was a couple of days before boot camp was to end, and they were awaiting their orders to come in as to what would happen next. Now, this is the 1960s, so maybe only Dr. Atkins and I know what was going on in the 1960s. Most of the recruits were headed to one place, Vietnam. And they fully expected that they'd be going to Vietnam to fight for our country. A day or so before, though, the sergeant walked into the room and he pointed at Jim. He says, who do you know? Who do you know? Jim says, I don't know anybody. He says, you just got some special orders. You're headed to West Point to coach the cadets there at West Point in New York. And you're also on the all-army wrestling program, training for the Olympics. I really want to know who you know. Jim and Dave headed up there that first night on their... Bunk, Jim was reading 2 Corinthians chapter 8. He got to verse 12. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that, that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. He finished that verse and he bowed his head and he prayed, Lord, please help us to be a witness for you. And help us to wrestle for your honor and glory. 
Well, now they wonder, how do we do this? How do we tell others about Christ? How do we be a witness for Christ? The only thing they knew was to start a Bible study. So they started a Bible study and started inviting some of their wrestlers that they were coaching. Some of them came. Some of them trusted Christ. They had opportunities over the next months to travel all over the United States wrestling. 1968 came. They competed, tried out, made the 1968 Olympic team that wrestled in Mexico City. Numerous world games. Went to Bulgaria one year, a communist country at that time, smuggled 40 Bibles in, having no idea if they'd get caught, having no idea where they left them in different places throughout Bulgaria, if the right people would pick them up. They simply left that to God. Hungary, Romania, Russia. 1972 rolled around. They made the Olympic team to wrestle in Munich, Germany. And in each of those situations, they took advantage to share their testimony, to present Christ, wrestle with those they had just competed against. You see, they came to a realization that within them, there was content in their life that could be used by God. For them, it was wrestling, skills, technique, strategy. It was, a, it was a testimony. It was a Roman's road. Today, those twin brothers are in their late 70s, having just retired from coaching a couple of years back. You know what? God has poured forth through their lives wrestling. They've taught wrestling to hundreds of individuals. They've also used that platform to share Christ, to share their personal testimony of salvation, to, really, to lead dozens of people, wrestlers, coaches, to Jesus Christ. Just a simple decision that they made back in college to allow God to pour forth from their life. Something that they were very familiar with. Something that they, they were very comfortable doing. Wrestling. Young people, God's looking for a next group of young people to do the same thing as Jim and Dave. Allow God to pour out of your life. You've got talent. You've got ability. God's got some places, some people that you could impact for him. The question is, are you willing to take off the cap and let, let God pour out a little bit? Or is the cap going to be screwed on so tightly because of your plans, or because of your need to control everything about your life. Consider praying about a, a missions trip. Con consider praying about an opportunity as you go through college. Be just a, a week or so, and the missions teams for 2024 for Youth Outreach Ministries will become available. They'll be announced soon. Go to Mission Prayer Band tonight. Tonight, Dr. and Mrs. Cerrone and the Australian team, you saw their video. They'll be going through a little bit more at 615 in the Great Hall. Consider how you could be used of God. I've a yearning in my heart that cannot be denied. It's a longing that has never yet been satisfied. 
I want the world to know the one who loves them so like a flame it's burning deep inside to be used of God to sing, to speak, to pray to be used of God to show someone the way I long so much to feel the touch of his consuming fire to be used of God is my desire. You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.